Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another edition of Believe in Giants. Bob Papa, two-time Super Bowl champion, Carl Banks. Two preseason games in the books. And uh, Carl, let's uh, do a little kicking around of what we saw the other night when the Giants took on the Carolina Panthers. Obviously, a lot to be excited about with the way the first team offense operated. And uh, we got a chance to see the rookies on the defensive side of the ball play again. Your takeaway when uh, when you look back on it and thought about the game? Well, I think um, the offense was very crisp, and I think that's something that um, Brian Dable was looking for. You know, they not been in game action; they've been in scrimmages and things of that nature. So, from an assignment perspective, I'm, I'm sure he's excited about that. And, you know, I, I'm now seeing, with the exception of Brian Baldinger, who is totally invested, like he gets, he breaks this stuff down. Yeah. But I see all these freaking bandwagon jumpers. Now they saw eight plays and now they think this is the greatest thing since sliced bread when it was the same offense with just bad receivers last year. Uh, and they thought it was just awful. Right. So, um, the, the, what I saw from, this offensive group is what I expected, minus Saquon Barkley. Uh, it does give you the ability to imagine the possibilities of what this offense could be. Um, and not from just, you know, Wallace's performance or Jalen Hyatt's performance, but if you look at it schematically and you look at all the different options in this in this offense, I think Dan Schneier um broke it down really good. Um, you see the philosophy of Dable and Kafka when they talk to you about they like their offensive angles and spacing. Yeah. They like to create angles and they like spacing. And so those who who scream, oh, the Giants don't have a pass over 30 yards. Don't have, they didn't have one uh, Saturday, but what, they had one to hide it. 30 yards. Everything else were 10, 12, but they looked very crisp and it looked exciting and the chains kept moving. That said, when you look at the different options in this offense and when you, you look at schematically how they create the spaces and how they create angles, you can be super excited because also the thing that makes this offense um, potent competent, dangerous, whatever adjective you want to assign to it is the high IQ of the quarterback and of mm -hmm. the players on the field with him. They've got high IQ, high football IQ guys. So the more, and, and Coach Dable talked about what uh, Darren Waller brings to this offense. He's like the ability to make adjustments on the run. He talked about right. in Detroit how he was just spitballing some things just to see if Wallet could grasp the concept, like never covered in a meeting. Defense is on the field. They got the offense, you know, kind of doing a walkthrough or whatever. And he's just making some stuff up in his head just to see if Wallet could. Oh, he got it. You know, yeah. so that is why you should be excited about the offense, not by, you know, the individual performances, but the the um, flexibility and expandable aspect of this offense because you have guys who are super smart and super good football players offensively. Um, and then, 
you add Barkley to the mix, it should be it should be fun. Yeah, and I mean, and and it's a natural progression, right? Too, it's year two. You mm-hmm. know that the, the, a lot of these players, the the guys that were here last year, obviously are able to kind of pick up where they left off as far as understanding and then being able to add things um, right. as opposed to everybody learning it, even the staff kind of all coming together. You know, there really wasn't any significant turnover on the staff. So they've right. got what they need moving forward. Uh, defensive side of the ball, look, they had a couple defensive penalties in the first quarter. You know, that that's kicking off a little bit of rust. Uh, they didn't play some of the people on the defensive side of the ball to help on that rotation, but the corners got a lot of work again, Carl. And, uh, you know, they just keep getting reps and more reps and more reps and just trying to get them ready for what they're going to be facing this regular season. But it looks like, you know, Banks and Hawkins on the outside and Adoree in the slot is going to be something that we're going to see a lot of often. Yeah. Um, uh, it's it's exciting, but just to your point about you know the rookies, and it's not just the two defensive uh, cornerbacks. It's JMS as well. It's Matt Pert. These guys are seeing so much football because you can't simulate it in practice. Um, and if you're a rookie, you're seeing everything for the first time at this level, at this speed. So the more you can see it, even if you fail. At least you got that in your memory bank of, of something that needs to be corrected, something that you've seen before. Because the one thing that we know about this league is that if you're not good at something, you're going to see it over and over yeah. until you get better at it. And then they got to figure something else out. Um, so with these young players, the young cornerbacks, this is a passing league. They need to get as many reps at the pro level as possible before opening day because the Dallas Cowboys will have some wrinkles for them. Um, JMS, same thing. Like having, having the benefit of working against someone like Dexter Lawrence every day in practice will prepare you for a lot of things. Uh, but Dallas will give you some schemes that will, they'll try to make your head spin a little bit. So um, that aspect of it, and then to the right and to the left of JMS have they found that combination because that's important to helping a rookie center as well because once you've got two guys uh your two guards set they can help with some calls and their center can now focus on snap count and whatever his read is and not all the other ancillary stuff so that's important and I know they had some rotation stuff in there yeah um, i like that i like i like the fact that they had guys at left guard right guard different combinations because mm-hmm. they're testing them by fire in a game yeah and again if 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 fans if you don't know anything about this uh coaching staff and this regime is that they value smart players you know they like really really good football players that's important but they value smart players because it gives them the ability to uh to do things in in the unfortunate and but the reality of injury in this league so they like to have a database of what guys can do and the more you can do uh the more valuable you are to both sides of the football but they they have a premium on smart players on intelligent football players 
I thought Evan Neal, remember, he had the concussion, so he did not participate mm-hmm. in the joint practices in Detroit and then obviously didn't play in that game. So he's getting his first game action. You know, other than I think his, I think it was his last snap of the night. Uh, he and Gwilinski got beaten on a twist, you know, and, and he yep. gave up the pressure. But I thought Evan Neal, you know, for the most part, listen, I'm not, uh, I'm not some mouse McNally guy or whatever. Like I could sit here and watch this and tell you, you know, guys technique, how good or bad it is or whatever, but he seemed to hold up pretty well. And he seemed to do a decent job, at least according to the novice eye. Yeah. Well, the eye test tells you because with offensive linemen, they only have to be wrong once, right? That's, that's the thing. Nobody ever mentions how good of a job they've done for 58 plays. It's the 60th play. If they gave up a sack, then that's when everybody, oh, look, he was horrible. So, um, and and I've been a little guilty of this also when it comes to Matt Pert, right? I'm only looking at how's his footwork on this play? Does he has he gotten better at this? Has he got his whole body of work has gotten better? And I I don't I don't necessarily have to apologize for it, but I do owe, you know, those fans who uh are listening to me critique him the explanation of this is not his, I'm not critiquing his whole body of work. He has gotten better. Um, But I'm just saying in the case of emergency, these are things he's got to continue to work on. And that's why they have him out there for so many reps, because once the season starts, barring injury, he's not going to get, he's going to be running scout team for the defense. So that's kind of the method to my madness. I, I don't think he stinks. Um, I think he has gotten better. The coaches say he's their most improved offensive lineman from year one to year two in the system. So uh, take that for what it's worth. My critique of Matt Pert is not one like he's not ready to go. I'm just looking at where is he getting better and where he has to continue to get better. Um, But again, even with Evan, we have to look at a lot of tape and say, while he is better, but we don't have the benefit of that, or fans don't have the benefit of that, so they can see one play and say, ah, oh, he hadn't gotten any better. He's the same in tackle twist that got him last year, uh, his rookie year, and he still sucks at it, which is not necessarily true because you didn't see how many others he stopped. Right. You see what I'm saying? You don't know how many of those he saw during the course of the game. He screwed up on one. You don't know how many others they tried on him, and he got them. Right. You know? Well, so, I know he got – I know there was a couple other ones where – I can't remember who was the guard at that point when he was in there, but they did pick it up. Yeah. So, but we'll only see the one that he missed and say, ah, see, Evan Neal still getting beat by the same stuff. Hassan Reddick's going to have a field day against him. The Eagles, da, 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 But, or Micah Parsons is going to eat their lunch. No, he's, he's been improving, you know, and um, in order for this offense to really be what it can be, um, those guys have to be consistent. Um, and they have short, they have quick set stuff for their offensive linemen where the quarterback is not exposed. And there are going to be times where they're going to have to hold up a little longer so they can hit some deep balls. But, um, you know, for a lot of people who are criticizing this giant offense and Daniel Jones is the king of, you know, the five to 10, 12 yard pass, get used to it. Get used to it. Cause the ball may not travel. We know he can throw it deep. But the ball may not travel in the air, but 12 yards. You know, just the way this offense is set up, 
Um, they're going to create angles. They're going to create spacing. You do that best from 15 to 20 yards, right? Unless you got a longer developing, which by the way, um, Sterling Shepard. Yeah. They had some, they had some of those longer developing plays. His route running is phenomenal. And he won, I think he won on all of his routes. He only had one ball thrown to him. But boy, when you go back and look at him on he looks good. He looks, he ran, he ran some great routes, man. Well, He's now it's running. just a matter of this. Stay healthy. Yeah, stay healthy and just keep competing. And you know, if you talk to him. He said he's only worried about where his feet are today, you know, and so he's just going to make the most of uh, what he does. But, you know, for, you know, there's always the um, this time of year, those who try to project roster um, cuts and things of that nature, don't bother folks. It's it's you could be right. You could be wrong, but you're you're not going to be precise because there's so much talent and so many different um things that these coaches consider so don't you know they're so i say oh when bob and carl interviewed joe shane at halftime he brought up bryce whedon ford and you know he's gonna he's gonna take somebody's job at wide receiver no he's just pointed out some good things you know ford's a wow. gunner he's a gunner that's where he's gonna you know he ain't you're not seeing paris campbell as a gunner you're not seeing darius slayton even though he's done it as a gunner um, you're not seeing Jalen Hyatt as a gunner, right? He just pointed out that this guy's got a shot because he can play special teams. That doesn't mean he's taking any receiver's position. It just means that he's somebody on special teams has got to work a little harder than him. It's just that right. simple. Yeah, it was amazing how that people just read into a lot based yeah, on that. He's a gunner. Have you seen has he caught a pass in in meaningful uh, um, preseason play? Has he worked with the first group yet? That's when you know they're trying to look at some things. Have they put him out there with a grouping that says, okay, they're trying to get him some looks? No, I don't think so. So, yeah, people read into it, but at the end of the day, if you're a rookie and your name isn't Jalen Hyatt at wide receiver, you're making your bones on special teams. So, yes. He's a gunner and he's standing out and he's got their attention. And yes, he probably will make the team. They just cut Rodarius. Um, what's his name? Uh, Rodarius uh, Williams. Yeah. Rodarius Williams, who was his only shot was to make it as a special teams player because he, from his rookie camp, it's gone backwards. So yeah, so like he, he eliminated Bryce Wheaton Fort, eliminated one guy from the roster before August 29th. That's what that is. All right. Again, we're we're doing the game, so there's a lot going on as far as doing the game. Um, so watching it, you know, you can't just watch. I can't watch one thing closely. Kayvon Thibodeau gets a sack. Also got a hit on the quarterback. Mm -hmm. Sack came at an important time, obviously. Do you feel like you want? Do you feel like you? want and need more though i i felt like just during the game when thibodeau and ojalari combination were out there together that yeah, i want to see more okay, i want to see a little so, more consistent right heat on the qb so what i will say to you is this tune in in september 
They're very vanilla. Um, both guys are being evaluated in practice. And yeah, in the game situations, they haven't shown you a whole lot other than whether they, they're holding up on the edge of the defense. I'm looking at Kayvon Thibodeau's, you know, his handwork, how's he, how's he using his hands, how's he using his leverage. Um, but I think as this thing ramps up and you get to, to the first game of the season, you'll start to see how game plans factor in. You'll see how matchups, excuse me, how, how matchups factor in where they can scout a guy, know what works, and go for it. Um, Ojolari, we know what he is, right? We know he's a he's a speed guy. He's a he's an edge rusher. Um, looks like he was working on a few things, but I, I don't I don't put too much stock into it right now. Um, I don't think either player is that type of player uh, where um, they're going to dog it into preseason and try to turn it on. They're working. They're working on a lot of different things, and you know you just have to pay attention to you know. Uh, how Thibodeau is using his hands. One of the things he talked about most this offseason, just being better on both sides of uh, both both sides of the line uh, of, of the the line, left and right. So you look at those types of things. You look at their footwork, and you see how they're playing with leverage, and then you'll see how it all comes together in the game. But yeah, if you're expecting more, you're, you're not going to get that uh, out of this this preseason because again. You know, they're only going to be better with this defensive line out there pushing the pocket in the middle as well. So here's my question. Um, you know, Dave's gave a lot of guys who are going to be frontline players for the team quite a few reps in the game, right? The starting offense, uh, they had that one fantastic series, and then those guys were out. But then we saw Hodgins in the game a little bit later. We mm -hmm. saw some other players in the game a little bit later. Uh, we saw some defensive players in the game for an extended period. Um, we have no idea what the Giants are going to do as far as this last preseason game, which is Saturday night against the Jets at MetLife Stadium. Do you think that if there was an inkling to play guys a little bit, you know, to play guys again in this last preseason game, based on some of the injuries that happened in the NFL this past weekend, that the Giants potentially could reverse a thought process and just say, you know what, seasons by the time this when they when this game is going to be played, you're going to be two weeks out from the season. Let's not yeah. mess around with it. Whether Aaron Rodgers plays for the Jets or not, there was a report this weekend that Rodgers may get some get some play in the game. Um, obviously, that doesn't really the Giants don't really care one way or other about right. that. He's not on their team. But do you think it might alter their thought process this week? Probably. You know, again, Joe Shane is the guy who, if he could eliminate preseason and go straight to the first game, he would, uh, because his goal. Um, now, I don't know how much different that is from Dave's, but I, I think they're both aligned that football players play football. But his goal is to take the field with all of his players healthy and let the chips fall where they may. How do you get there? How much in-game prep, reps, and all of this preseason reps you need is TBD. But I know the end goal is to get everybody there healthy. Right, because remember last year, 
the Giants started the season without a healthy Kayvon Thibodeau in his rookie yeah. year because he got hurt. Yep. You know, he got that cut block. I think it was against the Bengals on August yeah. the 21st or whatever. Yep. So, yeah, there's that balance, right? You want to, when you play the Cowboys in that first game, you want to have like your full squad. No, you do. Um, and I think one thing that Brian Dable found out is that he can trust his offense, the responsibility of, okay, we haven't done much, but I'm going to determine how long you guys play just based on how well you run this, this offense. And they came out crisp. Um, everybody knew their assignments, no mistakes. Um, so that tells you they've got, you know, some level of maturity in this group um, and attention to detail. I don't know. Like if, if whatever the Jets do, the Jets are working on um, getting ready for, who do they open with? Buffalo? Yeah, they're getting ready for that game. They're getting ready for Buffalo. So they're going to do what they think is in their best interest and, there's a lot of excitement around uh, their squad, and there's a lot of energy. Uh, but whatever they think they need to do, they're going to do it. And I don't think uh, the Giants have to match any of that other than just taking care of their agenda because they got Dallas, right? right. Two teams with two divisional games they got to get ready for, um, and they'll do it the way they think best because they'll play each other later on in the year, and they're, that's not a division game, but, you know, uh, I'm sure the fans would love to see ones versus ones in a game like this, but you know, this is your last preseason game. Uh, you get a six week injury, you miss three games, two games, you know, so you factor that in, you factor it in. Yeah. I mean, it's in, you know, and, and for years, forever, the giant jet game was the third of four. So that was mm -hmm. the one that you, yeah, you played your starters for a half. You maybe you wanted to see them come out and get ready to start the second half and how they dealt with all that. It's all changed now. It's the last preseason game, right? I mean, <clears throat> I mean the Giants, they're gonna do they're gonna do what they're I think they're gonna do what they were planning on doing. Whatever that plan is, we don't know. But I do wonder if there was if there was an inkling to play guys, if when you started seeing bodies falling around the league this week and that you might just say. We got well, I mean, you always have to factor that in. Yeah. You do. Like, um, whether you were planning on not doing something or doing something, yeah, you have to adjust to circumstances. And you have to be like, okay, well, um, what if we lose a couple guys early? Uh, we can't afford, just given the schedule, you can't afford to, to start slow. Or, or let me just say, shorthanded. You can't well, start you shorthanded. I was thinking about this. You know, we talked about like the rotation of the guards and all that and how mm -hmm. they're Bredesen on one side and the other, Gwilinski, they're Azudu. They got these guys shuffling in and out and using them in different places. You know, John Michael Schmitz, the rookie, has consistently gone with the ones mm -hmm. at the center position now for a bunch of weeks. Mm -hmm. And he's gotten a lot of snaps in these two preseason games. You know, you start to think about um, kind of how valuable he's become in the sense that, God forbid, he gets hurt, right? He's taking all the snaps, right? And taking, I mean, not that Bredesen can't, but Bredesen is part of your now guard rotation. Right, right. This kid has taken a million snaps. He's learning stuff. He's getting the continuity with the quarterback. 
He's seeing things. He's going against Dexter Lawrence in practice every day. You know, it's can you take a chance on playing him? <laughs> you know, well, he's going to play football. He might. He might end up being. He might stay out there uh, for an extended period of time. See, he's now I, now I am going against everything that I always rail about, oh, and now I'm Bob, acting like a little chicken. No, I mean they're not gonna. They're not going to coach scared. They're going to be smart. And there's a difference. I don't think you. I don't think you go in and said, saying, "Oh, I can't afford to get X, Y, and Z hurt." But you just say, "I want my guys healthy," and they'll be smart about it. You know, they're not going to be afraid um, because when you take the field, you expect to play, right? And if you got a uniform on, even if they tell you you're not playing, something happens, you got to go in. Yeah. You know. So, but they'll be smart about it. That's the only thing. They well, I know have, they, I know they'll they be smart be. about it, but sometimes there are piles that just fall over, and you're but standing. That happens. That's the I, point. I know it that happens. I, listen and to me. I, I have been a proponent forever of playing guys in the preseason. It's football. Yeah. Look at all the non-contact injuries that happen when teams are practicing and not in a preseason game, and they lose a guy for the year. And now all of a sudden, I'm thinking about like John Michael Schmitz, and I've, I'm like reversing my course. My core yeah. philosophy, because I'm excited about what I've seen out of the kid. Now I'm becoming a little chicken shit. Well, no, just just know <laughs> it's football. You know, just know it's football, and you know you'll go out there and play, and you know whatever happens is going to happen. But you know the one thing that you know, if your guys are not playing, they're not getting hurt. Um, but you we, you'll decide what guys need. That's all. I just got. Well, I, I have one more thing I want to just kind of touch upon because we we talk about them in broad strokes but you know the the maturation of daniel jones again um i know there's a there's a segment of the giant fan base that thinks he's overpaid he's making too much money but blah, blah, blah. which by the way now when you're taking a look with the top quarterbacks are getting paid he's yeah. probably getting paid in line with where you would expect a guy like daniel jones to get mm -hmm. paid mm -hmm. right it's the new yep. it's the new not Paradigm. at the top of the market thing. Right. <clears throat> but like being around him and just you know, watching him grow up, right? I mean, he's been yep. here for quite a bit of time now. Um, he's in year two of this offense. Um, and, you know, in a lot of ways, it, it's very Eli-ish in the way that he is definitely viewed as a leader on that team. But he's not a guy that's going to really run it up and down the bench screaming at people or whatever. He leads right. in his way. But it's it's kind of interesting to watch him sort of grow into this position. And you know, last year he was on he was on eggshells last year. Let's face it. There's a new coach, there's a new GM, there's a new staff, and they're like, dude, we're not picking up your option. We want to see what you're all about. And he paid it off in spades. And yeah. I just I expect some big things out of him this year because I feel like hey, he's kind of freed up now to play a little bit. Yeah, um, and I, I'm sure he'll say to you or anybody, I approach everything the same mentally. Of course, right? Um, which he does, but there's one one portion of his brain that says, "Okay, let it rip now." You know, um, they know who I am. Uh, they know what I'm capable of. I think. Uh, he will have the confidence that they have the confidence that, you know, obviously they've shown confidence in, in um, paying him the contract, but 
Sure. Like it's no different, you know, than it's his contract was up, period. And they're right. saying, we need to see because we don't know you, no offense. And he's like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it the way I do it. And I'm going to continue after I get this money. But there's probably a little part of his his psyche that says, got that out of the way. Now I can just go be even more of what I am. And then, you know, the other part of it too, the guy was playing with, you know, at times, especially down the stretch with one hand tied behind his back. You know, he didn't have wide receivers, right? And the coaches were coaching with one hand behind their back too because they didn't have the full complement of what they needed and they were able to get in there and win a playoff game. So I think everybody felt good coming into this year with a Daniel Jones. And, you know, I was talking to Joe Shane and I said, you know, you saw what he can do. He can do more with less. And now the challenge is to do more with more because he has more. He has nice things now, Bob. Well, and he also, listen, on paper, and at least by the evidence that we've seen, whether it's in camp, in joint practices with the Lions, in the preseason games, he has a better offensive line. Yeah. He I mean <clears throat> I mean it's it's all it's all hypothetical right now because they haven't played a game for real, but at least according to me and you and it feels like everybody, it's a better offensive line or better players that they can put out there on a regular basis, which has got to make them better. Yeah, absolutely. And they have the talent base now outside at the skill positions where they can kind of dictate what type of personnel the defense is going to put on the field. Um, last year they couldn't because everybody knew it was one guy who could catch the ball, or maybe two. Right now they can force a team into nickel for a whole game and still run their offense. And if they want to put a, a team in dime, they can do that because they have the skill position players. That's the advantage of solidifying your line, number one, but having the, the, the type of skill players that they have that can move around, you can expand your offense. Well, that's good news for Saquon Barkley, too. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm telling you right now, whatever those incentives are, this his teammates are going to make sure he hits every one of those because he's going to it's going to be fun to watch his offense. Uh, but it's going to be fun to watch him too because he list looks dangerous. No man, right now. Um, I'll tell you this before we go. Yep. Uh, as we come up on this deadline, there's one player I need to highlight. Who Please do. He's got this shit or get off the pot moment. And that's O'Shane Zimenez. O'Shane Zimenez is, and he's playing a lot. Yeah, um, he played deep into that game the other night. Yeah, and he's probably going to play. He's probably going to play a lot. He's probably going to play a lot this next game because he was one of those guys who showed a lot of promise as as an edge slash linebacker. Then injuries he dealt with, right? And then he just kind of fell out of favor. And when you look at the depth chart. He's a guy that can really give you some rotation and some high-level play if they can get him back to where he is. But it's shit or get off the pot time for him because it's not necessarily his competition is on this roster. A lot of other players are getting cut on the 29th. So he's got to prove his value. He's got to prove his worth to Wink and that crew 
that, hey, I fit in your system. If not, don't worry about losing your job to somebody on the roster. It's going to be somebody from outside who's going to come in and do a better job than you. And I like right. him, and I, I'm rooting for him. But, you know, he's got to show the consistency now and, and you know, and get back to that that quick twitch guy who can, you know, can be explosive. Yeah, I mean, it feels like his whole career got completely upended on that. I think it was a Thursday night. Maybe it was a Monday night. I don't remember what night it was, but it was a night in Kansas City when he was jumped offside and Mahomes threw an interception yeah. that would have sealed the game. And then he got buried, and that was a different coaching staff, a different regime. But uh, we'll see what happens with him. Well, his confidence took a hit. You know, he felt, he, I'm sure he felt like shit for a long time after that. And they continued to reinforce that he should feel like shit, which I don't think is the right coaching method either. But he got buried, you know, and they ostracized him and um, not verbally or, or um, overtly, but you could tell he was, he was a, defeated man he just really never got it back and I'm, I'm hoping he does right now um dorian beavers uh your career is calling you too you ain't gonna get cut i don't think but you you need to kind of start to move forward you you know you're moving around well but you're just not playing as aggressive as you were pre-injury and they're gonna need to see that from you all right. Um, when we cleared the table, we looked back at the game. We got the game on Saturday night. Um, got everything off your chest. So what do we like to tell our friends out there, Carl? We're going to tell our friends, tell a friend to tell a friend. Believe in Giants. For Carl Banks, I'm Bob Papa. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.